Broadcasting from the 72nd floor of First Canadian Place in the heart of Toronto's financial district, this is Hashtag Finance, the podcast that profiles innovative entrepreneurs and thought leaders operating in the public markets. Presented to you by the CSE, the exchange for entrepreneurs. Folks, it's James Black. We're on the 72nd floor of First Canadian Place, and I'm happy to be joined on the couch with Dan Mitri from New Wave Esports, listed on the CSE, symbol N-W-E-S. And we're kicking it on the couch today and we're gonna kick it old school because today we're actually doing something a little different. Uh, we're in the media center, we're gonna play some video games. We're gonna play some old school video games because uh, this is what I was raised on when I was in my uh, formative years. And I think yourself, you're probably a, what, a Genesis guy or a Super Nintendo guy? What uh, was your- Well, you know, I started off with Atari actually, <laughs> uh, graduated the NES and then latched on in my, my formative years to Sega. So we were a Sega family. And yeah. so I'd always be at your house to play the NES, the yeah, Super yeah. NES. And we would like, we would swap. Because no one had ever, like today everyone owns multiple systems, but like back then, one friend had like the, uh, the NES, one had the S, maybe the upgraded Super Nintendo, someone had Genesis, because I remember when I was playing, I always had to go to my friends' house to play NHL hockey on the Sega because um, I had the Super Nintendo version that didn't have the full NHL license. Right. So we only had like the colors and but 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 none of the teams. So it was kind of weird. So, anyways, authentic experience. But that's that's not necessarily why we're here today to talk. We'll talk video games for sure. sure. But um, we're gonna play some games. We're gonna try to cross uh, be, be multifunctional. We're gonna multitask. We're talk about your company. We're gonna talk about esports as an investment opportunity. And, uh, but we're most importantly going to talk about your experience in gaming. So I know it's a rich history. And uh, for a lot of people of our generation, I don't know if uh, I classify as millennial, but I'm in my late 30s. We want to, you know, we played all these games. Now we can actually invest in them and, mm -hmm. and actually make money and uh, hopefully, you know, investing in teams and the professionalization. So right now I'm wearing a Toronto Defiant shirt, which is a, yeah, it's a professional squad here in uh, Toronto and they play uh, Overwatch professionally. and. I don't know if they're a good team or not, but uh, you know what? It's a new industry, so it's yeah. all it's all it's all it's all coming out. Yeah. So first things first, let's we got to pick a game. So we're gonna we got to figure out what we're gonna do here. So we're playing the new SNES Mini. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I picked that up uh, when it first came out. It was really hard to get. Yeah. And so yeah. I was like, I was hawking all the, the Amazon <laughs> stores. Yeah. And I would I was I was ready to just like. Uh, bolt out of work anytime Amazon called me. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So they'd be calling me, hey, Dan, we've got a SNES. Oh, sorry, I actually just went out the door. Like, what a tease. Yeah, yeah. And so I took uh, right in the middle of uh, my work day, and when I, got, I was able to pick up two of them Ooh. when they first came out. Now they're everywhere. But. Yeah, yeah, still that that feeling of getting it when no one else has it uh -huh. is unmatched. Even though these games, just remember, they've been out for 30 years, and most of them you can get online through emulation. So. Yeah, the novelty is the box, I think, and the controllers, absolutely. the authentic controllers. It really is. It, it feels true to back in the 90s. It's pretty close. I feel like the originals were a little thicker and a little more robust, but uh, you know what? Your hands were smaller. <laughs> they were true. <laughs> There's no better way to test the, uh, the, the, the controllers than to play probably what? You want to try some Street Fighter? Let's to start? play some Street Fighter. Okay, cool. Yes. I think you're player one, so you got to play some okay, start. <laughs> What's your character? Uh, well, you'll find out in a second here. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm a Ryu guy. Hadouken. Um, what do you... Do you think this game would have been something people could compete professionally on? Or was there too many cracks in the seams back then without patches to actually have this? Because I know... Sorry to get too much... Not too much in the weeds, but like the original Super Smash Brothers is still a competitively played game on um, the N64 even though it's an unpatched game. Mm -hmm. Now patches come out all the time. 
Do you think people can still compete playing this game, or is it too exploitive? Uh, so that's a very loaded question. It is, okay, sorry. <laughs> so number one, uh, back in the 90s, uh, Street Fighter was played competitively. It started yeah. in, obviously, arcades and coin-op, but that's where EVO started. Right. Uh, and EVO started with supporting uh, Street Fighter and a couple other key fighting games. Yeah. Uh, now, back then, from a development standpoint, oh, okay, you're going to be Blanca. Yeah, yeah. All right. From a development standpoint, you didn't have patches. What was shipped was what was shipped. Yeah. So it had to be bulletproof and it had to be solid. Yeah. So these games were pretty damn good because uh, you, you couldn't go out and patch. You couldn't go and release another Street Fighter update. If you delayed a game, it wouldn't be such a big deal because, uh, you know, the, the companies maybe weren't public. Or, you know what, the, the, <laughs> there's just a different mentality around when you got a game. Yeah. You know, like you wouldn't wait till the first day it comes out. You wouldn't know. You just kind of show up at the mall and be like, a well, new Street Fighter 2 is coming, but now now here it is. Yeah, maybe you got, you know, the latest like e e uh, you know, Electronic Gaming Monthly, you yeah. able to follow that if you're, you know, super otaku, you know, really into gaming, you would know and then yeah. you share that with your friends. Uh let's just go to you gotta, you, know, you, you gotta, let's go to Japan. I think you just snuck an extra attack pod. I'm not gonna <laughs> On the Oh, did I? My bad. <laughs> it's okay. And I didn't remap my controller, so I'm completely I'm out to lunch here. Just so you know, kids, this is Turbo. So originally there was Street Fighter 2, then Turbo, which was faster. This is much faster. And you could actually play as the bad guys, the, the final bosses from the original Street Fighter 2. And you had more color options for your characters. So you weren't just stuck being white, Ryu. You could be, what, what color is that outfit? That gi is yeah, like Yeah, this a, is like a, a <laughs> periwinkle. Yeah. This is periwinkle, Ryu. Very stylish periwinkle uh, ninja gi. And uh, but still, it's still all the characters you know and love. We got Blanca. He's got the electric. Uh, oh, things started really going crazy when they hit Street Fighter Two or sorry Three, um, and then they got into the 3D games, and that was just I was out of it by then. It was just too much. Oh, I, just, I just died. Just it like was that. the extra power point. That's what. Yeah, it was. I, yeah, yeah. I'll do that. right on. Um, <laughs> so you talked about the competitive aspect of where this started. Now, fast forward like 30 years. You got people playing across the country, across the globe. Um, they are still playing fighting games, but they're also, I think, the the number one um, competitive form for games would be the uh, the shooters. So we got Fortnite, we've got things like Destiny. Destiny's not a competitive, but Call of Duty is probably one of the bigger ones, and then obviously um, Overwatch. Why do you think that's that's the case? Why why is the competitive market gravitated towards shooters? Uh, well, shooters are the number one genre uh, in the world for quite some time. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons behind that. Um, it's so fast paced. There's the pop culture behind, you know, having this piece of uh, equipment in front of you. And there's a lot of uh, the rig, yeah. uh, there's a whole community behind, you know, the actual accuracy of the weapons that that uh, you're playing in the game. <laughs> yeah. But they, you know, these companies that have dialed in these first person shooter experiences have made them so raw and visceral. Yeah. You feel so connected in the game. It's that first person view. Yeah. And you could do a lot with that uh, from a narrative standpoint to the immersion yeah. uh, to uh, the way these gun guns handle. And from a competitive standpoint, um, you really start to bring in the skill and the dexterity behind using a mouse or using the controller mm. and being able to get those headshots. That's that prime, you know, that prime shot. Yeah. Uh, why did that gravitate uh, and and latch onto the, in the gaming community over, say, a fighting game? Um, I just think it's a, it's a much more wider mass audience appeal, uh, first person shooters. Yep. You know, you look at Overwatch, you look at Call of Duty, you look at Battlefield, and you look at all these incredible experiences. 
uh, and they really do have a fully immersive environment. Yeah. I mean, you just play it. Play that compared to, say, a niche <laughs> title like uh, Gran Turismo. Everyone's a racing a, game. Yeah, yeah not yeah. everyone's in the racing, but the audience that backs, say, a World War II game or some sort of modern contemporary uh, war game yeah. is much bigger than some sort of racing or a niche audience of Street Fighter. Yeah, no, and I mean, this is by no means was niche. No, um, comparatively. Pick, pick your guy, we're gonna have a rematch. And okay, gonna, uh, again. I should play something I don't know. No one knows how to use M. Bison. It's, no or, one or knows. Or Delsim is a total dud, He's, he sucks. Okay, I'll do <laughs> Delsim. No offense, I don't wanna offend any Delsim fans Okay, so now we're four stars yeah, each. Yeah, now when you win, you can actually lay claim to. Uh, so you talk about stages, okay? So back when we grew up with these games, you had like eight stages. I think when they put out, um, oh shit, when you uh, when you got Turbo, you got four extra stages, and that was it. Now when you play in these maps and these other games, you're getting uh, you can be anywhere in the world. It's yeah, exciting. I think that's one of the magic things about video games. It teleports you to places you wouldn't otherwise be. For example, right now we are in a fishing village, I assume, in Brazil, which. Uh, with this, uh, yeah, very monstrous tree behind us. <laughs> yeah, what kind of tree is that? I don't know. It looks like there it has, is a like, snake. I never noticed the snake behind there. Oh, oh it is. A, it's a snake that's a uh, actually wrapped around it, huh? It's like a river pike or something they got there. But yeah, it's um, it's amazing how this is, is is transported 30 years later into being a what, what would you say a multi-billion-dollar industry at this point? Um, gaming yeah. itself, yeah, competitive uh, gaming, yeah. Well, you have esports, which is turning into a $1.9 billion industry. Yeah. Uh, and even then, that's a sliver of the traditional, like the actual gaming industry, which is turning into a $200 billion industry. Yes. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah. So even though, yeah, that, that is uh, a small portion of it, you know, just whatever that percentage is, yeah. uh, there's still a lot of money to be made and uh, to capitalize. Absolutely, yeah. No, and... Uh, See, I do not know how to use Delsim. No, no one does. That was my first guy. <laughs> I spent a few quarters on Delsim back in the day at the mall. Yeah, how do you do the the flame breath? I think you just got to tap the small... Uh... <laughs> oh, oh, I just did it. Yeah. Now... Yoga flame. The problem with these uh, old NES, SNES controllers is almost impossible to do uh, Ken's um, and Ryu's... Uh, the dragon uppercut. punch? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That because you're going to get blisters, kids. If you don't know how to do it, or you gotta kind of hold it funny. That's why you need the the joystick. You do. You need the joystick. And there was a. Ooh, that oh, one. I think we got a tie now. This is interesting. All right. Okay. Okay. Now so, you gotta get your game face on, Dan. This is. Well, oh, I won the match. We'll give it a you rubber won match. the match. Okay, we're All one right. and one. Now we're gonna do the rubber match now. Throw down the corner. <laughs> yeah. So with uh, with New Wave, we'll just touch on that for a minute. What? exactly are you guys investing what is your exposure to the industry that you're trying to give to your investors where do you see the uh the opportunities for profit so we invest in uh the e the esports ecosystem yeah we've broken that down into four verticals mm -hmm. uh the first one being teams uh i think that's a no-brainer right yeah that's that's where the big inherent media value is uh you know whenever your team competes and they win or even if they lose like there's a lot to talk about there uh, but there's a lot of money coming into the the team sector. Yeah. You have celebrities that are putting in, you know, 30, 40 million, million such as like Drake and the Hundred Thieves. Uh, yeah. And you know, there's there's dozens of other cases like that. Uh, so teams are going to be monumental in being able to bring esports to mass audiences. Yeah, absolutely. We also invest in events and activations. Uh, so this is like that raw, visceral experience of. Here, I think I know how to. 
Oh, you know. Remember, Chun Li can bounce off the wall or the screen, I should say. There's no wall. She just bounces off there. I'm trying to get that Chun Li <laughs> kick. Here we go. Yeah. There it is. So we also invest in events and activations. And yeah. actually, I'm very proud of the team at Even Matchup Gaming, which is one of our investments, who runs uh, FGC tournaments yeah. around Super Smash Brothers, and they work with World Gaming to bring Street Fighter V and Tekken Seven and uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z to yeah. uh, competitive arenas here in Toronto and yeah. uh, in Trice area. Uh, so that's very important because the teams come out and compete in those. Yes. So now you're starting to see how these verticals are actually reliant on each other for success. Um, you also have platforms and networks. So, okay, you know, I'm I'm James and I live in a small town. I don't have access to esports or yep. maybe I'm not good enough to compete on a professional level, but I want to hop online and play with my friends and play an online tournament. Or I want to place some wage, you know, wage betting on an upcoming match. Well, that's where platforms come into play, oh. and I'm going to kick the hell out of you. Boom, boom, boom. Come on! Oh. Yeah! Uh, uh. <laughs> uh, so we invest in platforms and networks, and one of the investments is Playline. And they bring daily right. fantasy sports to, to your, your mobile device and web. Interesting. And then lastly, we invest in tech and tools. So this is the backbone of the industry. This is data insights, business intelligence, how uh, businesses can better understand their audience and make better esports experiences for yeah. gamers. So what you're seeing there is an ecosystem. And people are like, oh, well, let me just put all my money into a team. I would not advise no, that. No, no. Because teams are very much reliant on prize winnings, which are not guaranteed. But Not the, a consistent revenue stream. No, no unless no. they have content programming. Mm. And they're building out their their content programming, have audiences latching on to uh, those athletes, and then they can sell that audience impression and numbers to brands and sponsors who want to get in front of hyper-engaged audiences. Sure. Like the analog would be, um, I think we should do one, sorry, before I continue that, but we should do a Mario Kart race before we finish up oh, here. Oh, dude, yes. Let's get call. some motion sickness before we uh, head on to our day. <laughs> F-Zero. Uh, there is Mario Kart. Let's give her a whirl. Uh, it's almost like uh, MSG Network owning the Knicks and then owning the cable rights for that team and then obviously all the, all the properties. That's sort of where I see the analog with the sports ownership. You've got to be vertically integrated so that if the team isn't winning and making money from that, at least you have the property of the team itself. Um, now, my question for you, and this is just more about the industry, is uh, how do you see the health of players and the role of players as being a key uh, brand builder because what we're seeing is a lot of players, you know, we casually put on the couch. It's all good. I can put it down. These guys are putting in long days. They're putting in long, multi-hour, multi, um, like 12, 14, 15 hour days playing these games. What do we, what do we say about the, the, the players that maybe only have a three or four year shelf life? Are they something that we're going to build the industry on? Are we going to not worry so much about the players as a brand building tool and just look at the teams and the infrastructure of the team? Uh, we got we got to pay attention to both. Yeah. You know, uh, look, our athletes within esports are, uh, there are LeBron James, there are yeah. Tom Brady's, you know, uh, and we have to invest in them. This, these are the careers of young, talented stars that mm -hmm. a lot of the time are willing to put their education aside right. for, for gaming and becoming a professional athlete. So we need to build systems in place that say, no, stay in school, educate yourself, because that. Uh, you know, that's very much important to, number one, set example for the, the audiences that are following them. Yeah. But also, what happens when you're done being a pro athlete? Maybe you burn out. Maybe uh, you get tired, tired of doing that. Maybe uh, uh, you're, you're not as manually uh, dex dexterous and, and you're starting yeah. to phase out. Uh, and so that's why we need to lean into the education, but also the health. 
Sure. You know, so we know that cognitive thinking is very much linked to good health, good nutrition, getting out there and exercising. And so that's why I love teams that invest in their players. By we have having chefs, team health. Uh, personal trainers, yes. like the whole deal. It's just like any other yeah. uh, sport. Yeah. You know, so and that also removes that negative stigma of, oh, we're just gamers just sit around all day. <laughs> that's not true. So, you know, when your body is functioning at a high caliber, your brain is. Sure. And then and your muscles are. So they're all very much interlinked and we need to set that standard going forward. Unlike what we're doing now, which is actually quite relaxing, <laughs> what they're doing is very stressful. And uh, <laughs> to deal with that stress is yeah. uh, is is something that's probably what a lot of people don't appreciate. It's not just a game, especially when you have an audience online and millions of people watching on Twitch or whatever. It's um, it's, it's probably incredibly stressful. Yeah. All right, so I'm, I'm Princess Peach. I've always been a Peach fan in this game. I'm Yosh. She's a little, yeah, they're both what we would call evenly balanced characters. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now they're this not, is... They're not like Bowser where, you know, he's just a super heavy tank slow, but... Could break can, away speed. Yeah. Yeah, and it can bump you off track. And this is a heads head, heads Oosh. This is a heads up match right now, so it's just me and you on the on the track <laughs> in the Mushroom Kingdom here doing you, our thing. You start to have a lot of respect for influencers, like streamers, right? Yeah, yeah. Where okay, they're not playing Mario Kart; they're playing like something much more intensive, like Overwatch. Yeah, and still ho hosting a conversation. Yeah, and chat, and dialing in their tips. Oh, it's not nice as easy one. as it looks. No, no. see though, this is kind that of coming good. down to the wire. This one, and dude, oh, I feel like look, I'm I got ice. my little mushroom there and cut over the dirt, the gravel path. Did oh, it's still a lap four. Okay. Yeah, no, it's, um, and what you said is a lot of these players, they, they, when they retire, they actually, you know, we're seeing some of them top players move out of competition because it's more lucrative or less intensive for them to stream. But streaming, actually, some of these guys are putting in 10 hour days streaming. I mean, the demand for um, nice. streaming content from some of these top producers, top streamers, is uh, it's pretty intensive. It really is. You know, they're streaming minimum eight hours a day. Yeah. They're creating YouTube content to, uh, to have some evergreen views. Yeah. Uh, they're always working on building oh. their audiences. That's very important, uh, especially when you have brand partnerships. Yeah. You know, and you're paid yearly on a salary to make sure you hit certain KPIs, whether it's mentioning that brand or product at X amount of times during the hour. Yeah. Uh, but not only that, but a lot of these big time uh, and, and mid-shelf uh, uh, streamers, they're putting their pants on, they're going to events. They yeah. got to go make appearances and still stream. So they're always having to put something in the hopper. Yeah. You know, through my uh, past uh, about eight years that now, you know, uh, the influencer space has really thrived. Uh, that's what I worked on in a lot of my uh, companies, you know, whether it's EA and THQ, right. is working with guys like Shroud and Ninja. Uh, all the way down to some of the, you know, some of the more mid-tier like Stone Mountain, which, well, Stone's now up in up in the higher ranks. But uh, yeah. a lot of different guys and gals that have dedicated their careers to playing games and creating great platforms for brands to get in front of these hyper-engaged audiences. And it is a uh, it's a lifestyle that you have to choose and be prepared for. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not easy, I'm sure. No. Just like this wasn't easy today. <laughs> Actually, this was really easy. This was awesome. I'll come back and play games with you anytime, James. Just we'll kick it here me. anytime. We'll kick it yeah. here anytime. We'll play games on the big screen. The 18 by 8 uh, digital wall. I'm amazed that this thing runs these games as smoothly as it does. Yeah, this is fun. This yeah. is good, yeah. But uh, come back again. Thanks, Dan, for joining Thank us. You. It's New Wave Esports on the CSC. If you're watching Hashtag Finance, if you're watching on YouTube on CSC TV, subscribe below. If you're listening today, you didn't miss out on some of the gaming aspect, but if you're listening, I hope you were, we're on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. We're doing at least two pods a day with public companies and influencers. Um, 
real pleasure, man. Thanks again. James, thank yeah, you so much. Yeah. <laughs> Until next time, this has been James, Dan, Mike, Mitre, New AV Sports. Thanks for watching. We're social here at the CSE. Each and every day we'll keep you up to date on trending topics that investors are talking about, such as cannabis, blockchain, and esports. Follow daily CSE news and events on your favorite social media platform, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. You'll find exclusive interviews with leading entrepreneurs from a variety of industries, thought-provoking stories from across the world of finance, and updates from CSE events taking place worldwide. Join the conversation and connect with us today. Hi, it's Grace from the CFC reminding you to make sure to follow us on social media for the latest updates on our listed companies as well as new listing alerts. For more in-depth content, be sure to pick up our free quarterly magazine, Public Entrepreneur, available online at thecsc.com.